But let's look in Proverbs chapter 4. <clears throat> and what, I, what we're going to do tonight is together, is, and, and maybe you, I, I, I don't always tell people to take notes or whatever, but this would help you perhaps yourself. Uh, there's three questions that I want to put to you, not so you'll answer me, but I want to give you three questions for you to ponder for yourself that I think will be helpful as you and I continue into the new year, okay? I think there are three probing questions for 2022 and um, to help us as we, as we progress down that path, Okay. So let's look in Proverbs 4 as our text. There'll be other texts we'll look at, other passages of Scripture we'll go to to guide us. It's what we need. In Proverbs 4, and we'll look at, we'll go ahead and go back to verse, we'll do 23 to 27, but there's really one key verse there we'll look at. We'll get Proverbs 4, 23, we'll read 23 all the way to 27. It's kind of a group of thoughts that are united Notice Proverbs 4, 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left, remove thy foot from evil. I just want us to grab the, the, the statement there of verse 26 that Solomon gives here. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let's read verse 26 together. Begin. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. One of the things that that verse is saying is look out, look in front of you. You're going, you're heading this way. There's a path. Look at it, think about it, and plan something about it. Let all thy ways be established. It's saying, hey, get ready to make a decision as you go down the path. Let all thy ways be established. Um, there's a psalm that says, Psalm 119, verse 59. The psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 59 says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimony. I thought on my way. The word ways, I think, I'm pretty sure the Hebrew word is sometimes translated road. Ways, and we can understand that. It's, a, it's like a path. That's what the psalmist says. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Uh, Haggai, verses 1 and verse 5, the prophet Haggai, the Lord says to the children of Israel, he says, hey, thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. Consider your ways. You ever seen somebody walking? Now, we, maybe we've been this person. You ever seen somebody walking around with a cell phone and their, their face is like buried in the cell phone, but they're still walking somewhere and you feel a little dangerous for them? Like, wait, they're going to run into something. You ever seen that? Has any of us ever run into something because we're looking at our phone? A car? <laughs> you know, don't want to do that, you know? You know, there's people out there, they've walked, step, walked off of a sidewalk or I think one guy walked right off of a subway thing, right onto a, what do you call it, the rails there? He was looking at it, and he just, and all of a sudden, bloop, there he goes, drops right down, you know. He's, 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 he's walking a path. He's got a way that he's going, but he's not pondering it. He's pondering something else. As time's going by, he's pondering something else, and he drops off into, this, into the subway pit, and right on the rail or whatever, hopefully gets out right quick. Well, that can happen to all of us, right? I mean, we get like that, you know. 
um, where we're not really paying attention to the path, right? Um, you ever drove somewhere and maybe you're just chit-chatting for a long time and you're like, where am I going, you know? <laughs> where am I, you know? I, I did that one time. I, I was down in Tucson and I was at, and I'm not normally like this. I'm usually pretty keyed in on stuff, or, but man, it was at night and you know, I, I, I think I was down there for a leadership, a two-day leadership conference or something. And I was, I think I was talking on the phone with Deb, but speak, and I'm not blaming her. It was on speakerphone or something. And I'm driving, and I'm driving, and I'm sitting there. The next thing I know, I'm like, there's a mountain. It's like this road dead-ended at a mountain. I'm like, what is this? What? Where's my hotel? You know, like, where am I, you know? And I wasn't paying enough attention to my, the path of my, my feet or the path of my tires. And I got disoriented. I think I ended up going west instead of east. And, and I needed to have a, let my ways be established. All right, I need to establish the north, south, east, west first. And I need to establish the go to this street, then go to that street. And establish the plan of what I'm going to do. And I didn't. I just thought, I think I'm just going to go this way. And I got into my conversation and I, I went astray. But all right, so here's the thing. Um, we need to be contemplative of what's before us. Um, you know, maybe when you go on a hike. Now, a lot of the hikes that typically we go on, there's already a prescribed path, you know. But some of them have paths and they fork off and they go to different directions. But it is good to, to, to once you go to, you know, you go to even a trailhead. You, get, you do a parking lot and you go to a trailhead and, and you're like, okay, and here's the little map and there's the Paseo Trail, and there's the Peralta Trail, or whatever. I'm just throwing out names. There's the whatever trail, and they try to give it some cool name, you know, and they're all pretty much the same, right? You know? <laughs> it's still desert. You know, one climbed higher, one climbed lower. But anyways, you look, okay, and you ponder, okay, which one am I going to do? I'm okay, I'm going to do that one, and what's the, okay, so that one's moderate, okay, and it has this steep, and it's 0.5 miles. That's just right, half miles perfect, you know. And, the, and you calculate, right? You should. It, it just it, it's some just something think a little bit ponder the path have a plan all right it looks like it goes that way and it goes around and it goes and you get a little idea and then you go it's not always wise to be like all right we're here let's just start walking it's not always wise to do that because you might get a little disorientated you might pick the path that was too hard or whatever that could happen now same thing in life so right now we are at the beginning of 2022 and it's, there's a path. And in, in reality, in our, in, in, uh, we've not been down it. Nobody's been through 2022 yet. It's all brand new for all of us. We're, what are we, two days into this? Three? What is today? The second? All right, two days into it. And it's really, it's, in a sense, it's undeveloped. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, when the US-60 ended at Val Vista, it ended at Val... Esteban's impressed. I'm that old. And then I remember when it ended at Power Road, you know? And then after that, it just connected to all the way to whatever globe and everything. But I remember that when it ended at Val Vista, we'd get on... you just get on the... And it was like, I think, two lanes and then a big division between the other side and two lanes only on each side of the 60. Now it's like five or whatever wide on each side. And I remember when it would end at the, the 60 and you just get on the get on the off get on the off ramp for our in our case where my parents lived and, and go north of the 60 uh, toward just southern and go north of southern into the neighborhood there off Val Vista. But at some point, surveyors and 
engineers, civil engineers, or whatever that were paid by the state, went out there and they got their little tripod things and their, are they, aren't they called surveyors, guys? They're called, they're, they're looking at those things like, what are they looking at, you know? You know, it's for the smart guys that did good in physics class and stuff and calculus. Those nerds getting paid so much. Anyways, uh, anyways, it's, they're, they're, looking at, they're looking at that because they're, they're, they're doing survey and they're looking at uh, elevation and they're looking at perspective of what's around and major um, natural uh, uh, hindrances on the, on the landscape and they're making a plan. They're making a plan, and, they, and then they, they take these elevations and they take the, the grading and all that uh, of what they read and see and, you know, other land, maybe somebody has property there and they got to talk to them about moving it or the government buying or whatever, and they develop a plan. And then they grade and develop and, and all that stuff. It's a very, it's a complex thing that we just take for granted. But they do it. As before they go forward. And so for us, I'm not going to, it's not this complex. I just want to give you three questions and I'll just go ahead and ask them. This is to help you and I. And I went through them myself and I'm soaking them in. I think they'll help me. And the three questions are based on three big values that God already puts in his word. So three probing questions. I'll just ask them and then we'll, we'll just spend a little mo- few moments on each of them. Here's the first question. When will I connect with the Lord? When will I connect with the Lord? I mean like in that personal way. When, this year, will I connect with the Lord? We'll come back to that. Number two, the next question will be, what does my family need? Even if you're a kid, even if you're single, whatever, what is my family, the family that's related to me, closest to me, what do they need? Number three, the last question is, how can I reach someone this year? How can I reach someone this year? Now, there's a hundred questions we could ask tonight. Those are three that are just come from pastoral thought for us as a Royal View Baptist. And there are also three that really are directly related to the great commandment, which is love God and love your neighbor, and they're related to the great commission. So they're stemming off of something of high value in God's word. When am I going to connect with God? How, what, can I, what does my family need? And how can I reach someone? Okay? Those are for you. Those are for you to ask. Now let's just talk about them a little bit. And we'll talk about them along the lines of Scripture tonight. Give a few examples. When will I connect with the Lord? Uh, let's look at a Scripture right now. Ready? Let's go to Psalm 5.3. Psalm 5.3. And we'll look at a couple of them in the Psalms. And let's see. I'll have somebody read it out loud. Psalm 5.3. Uh, Stefan, how about you read that one for us out loud? Yes, whenever you're ready there. All right, what's that psalmist saying? He's going to connect with God through prayer, in his case, in the morning. And look up, he's connecting with God. He's touching base with God in the morning. That's a good example for us. Let's look at Psalm 143, verse 8. Let's get one of the guys to volunteer to read that. Psalm 143, verse 8 is a similar verse. They want to read that? John? All right, let's read it out loud. Jonathan? My, John Henry? Psalm 143, verse 8. Yes. Causes to good on every hand, in the morning or early, he 
Amen. I, I reflect on that verse a lot for myself. I, I try to embrace that same thought of David, the psalmist of David. Yeah, try to embrace that same thought. God, let me hear your voice in the morning and let me know the way wherein I should walk today. That's, this is a David's habit, was connecting with God in the morning. I'm not making up stuff. It's right in the Bible. It's good examples. You know what it says of Jesus in Mark 1.35? And rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And this is Jesus, who's the Son of God, who's already one with the Father. He connected with the Father. There was times where he went and prayed all night to the Father. I think it was one of the nights before he selected the inner circle of the twelve, that before he made that selection, he spent a whole night in prayer to God. By the way, it's good to, again, spend a little extra prayer time when you're making these big decisions like that. But it's connecting with the Lord. When will you do it? When will you do it? You do it daily? You do it in the morning? That's an ideal, good Bible example. Uh, it's not like you're breaking the Ten Commandments if you didn't. But sometime connect with God. I remember when I was a teenager, I started reading my Bible. And it's again, it's not because... It's just I had another pastor just said something a couple times from the pulpit, and it was helpful to me, and I thought, well, I'm going to do that. I started reading my Bible. Uh, I had a hard time doing it in the morning for my first couple years as a 15, 16 years old. Because I was just like, I was, it was harder for me to wake up. And so I started doing it every night, in my case, for about a year and a half, two years. And then I started able to do it in the morning and kind of develop a new habit. really helped me. It was really, really formative for me to connect with the Lord that way. I mean, it was like personal. I was like, he was like, he's sitting there right next to me because yeah. he was. And I needed that. And that helped me through the years. It still does. The God of my youth still helps me. Yeah. All right, so John 15, 7, Jesus says, If ye abide in me, that means attach and depend on me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. There's something about maintaining trust and connection and prayer with, and trust and connection, thought connection, connection in, of His Word in our mind and our thought that uh, that uh, empowers our prayer. He says, "If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you." So Jesus says, John 15, 7. So where I'm saying, I'm quoting you Bible verses that put a premium on connecting with God. And in this case, a lot of them try to early in the morning. Jeremiah said, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And that word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing in my heart. One time we were sitting at the table, I think having family devotions, and one of the kids, maybe it was Grant or Noah, I don't know what it was. We're sitting at the table, kitchen table, having family. And I'm, and I'm going on saying something about it. And I'm like, all right, let's put them on my lap. You know, I'm just holding. I think it was Grant. Okay, let's pick on Grant tonight. I, I was holding him, and, and I said something to the kids around the table, and I went like this, and Grant just goes, and he pulls the paper. He's trying to eat it, you know. I'm like, see, thy words are found, and he did eat them. Ha, ha, ha. That was like the funniest thing that happened that morning for the kids, so. The idea that Jeremiah is saying is this is what, I'm, this is what I, I consume. I consume God's word of connecting with him. You know, it's, I've got such a blessing lately with charity. Jesus is something else. She's really different. And that extra chromosome just does a little spicy thing to her. I don't know what that is. That's, but we love her and we're thankful. But you know what she's been doing lately? So we can feed her in her high chair. And we can, sometimes she just wants to run around and we'll feed her, you know, like, She's hungry, she might run over to us and take a bite of it and then run back. But like the last couple weeks, she doesn't do that. 
She wants to sit right in my lap and cozy up and take the little bites. Like, she just wants to sit right here. And it's like, it's, I like this. This is nice. She just wants to sit right there. And sometimes she just wants to sit there and not eat. Now, she might not sit as long, but she wants to just sit down there, sit in Daddy's lap, you know, and have the little fellowship. You know, we're eating the, what does she like? These little sliced, uh, uh, those little cutie oranges. I cut them up a little bit, and she'll just sit there. Or blueberries, you know. And, and then other times, she'll just sit down and, and uh, I'll give her her bottle. You know, she's still doing the bottle. She has oat milk. She likes to cozy up here with Dad. And, uh, and then sometimes I'll, uh, I'll say, I'll say, Daddy's little baby. I'll just whisper in her ear, Daddy's little baby girl. And sometimes she'll go, mm, mm, mm. That means, I love you too, Dad. <laughs> and I like it. And I'm like, Daddy's little baby girl. Mm, mm. You know, it's so funny. It's so funny. But, but, but let me tell you, now listen to this. This is, this is a shadow of something that's real. You know, God is a, our Father. The Lord dwells in us through His Holy Spirit, so we're close to Him like that, like a comforter. But God is our Father, and He, how much more cozy could you be with Him? And that, that He welcomes that, and that He likes that. He wants us to connect with Him and have that moment of connection and coziness, so to speak. You know, and so at some way, at some level, how are you going to connect or when are you going to connect with the Lord this year? Answer that for yourself. Connect through prayer and devotion. Connect by necessity because we need Him. Without Him, we can do nothing. Connect with Him before other things. It's so, once you wake up, my wife and I have been talking about this, and once you wake up, there's a, a, a million things that want to attach to you. Your phone's crying out to you, right? Now, a lot of times I'll at least look at it to, uh, all right, what time? I don't have an alarm clock. That's my alarm. All right, what time is it? You know, and sometimes there'll be a host of texts, and it's like, forget it. Don't want to see it right now unless I see some, some something panicking is glanced at me, which usually is somebody called three or four times in a row and texts me. Then I'll know there's an emergency. But other than that, if even have a whole list of texts, I'm like, forget it. I'm just no. I want to connect with the Lord first. I want to read His text. He's got a lot of text messages for me today. He's got some posts here. He's got some tweets. And I want to put my face in his book, right? And so that's what matters. I want to connect with the Lord. And, and it, it makes a difference, and I know that's what he wants. What does God want? Love him. <laughs> Love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, you know? And so I ask you these things for your good because here you are. You're going to pave a path. You're going to start progressing down a path. And what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? When? It'll make a difference on how... Um, your year goes that you do choose that, all right? Number two, two more questions. When, uh, what, number two, what does my family need? Now, you kids ask yourself this, teenagers, husbands, wives, single, everything. What is my, I'm living with a family. Don't have a Cain attitude. Ah, my, my brother's keeper. I'm just going to mind my own business. Cain had the attitude, which I care about my brother. Don't have that attitude. Why should I care about my sister? Why should I care about my brother? What does it matter about what happens in my wife this year or husband or husband or my parents? No, don't have that attitude. Think about your family for a little bit. You have family. God gave them to you. You know, you might not wish God gave you that sister, but you do have that sister. Okay, guys? You got it. And God uh, wants us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Your first neighbors aren't the one with the address over here, over here. 
It's actually your immediate people by you, which is your family. Those are your first neighbors. And that's the second biggest commandment is to love that person. So what does my family need? Uh, I wrote down to myself. I can just tell you, kind of be a little personal. I've answered these questions for myself in my case. And there's a bunch of stuff, but these are kind of big things that stand out for me. For my, I know my family needs, for me, my, I need consistent communication with my wife. I know that's a, that makes a big difference. Consistent communication with my wife. And I wrote down for me, I know my family needs, in particularly for me and my children, consistent, the word's consistent here, nurture and admonition. Consistent, I have to stay on my, in this case, boys, consistently nurturing and admonishing them and staying on them in a positive, the positive and negative, consistently. And then keeping order, I know what my family needs, they need me to keep order in the house of our stuff and our schedule. My wife and I are always looking around at our stuff. Do we need this? Do we need this? Do we need this? Sell it, sell it, donate it. And we're constantly keeping a, you know, my wife almost is almost obsessed with minimalism. But uh, <laughs> so, she, <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's not a bad thing, though. Uh, but, but for me, I'm like, I do need to keep, you know, we can get overrun. You're like, this doesn't sound very spiritual. You know, you can get overrun with all the stuff in your papers and junk and stuff you don't need that's been around, and it, over, and it affects your life. It affects your schedule. It affects all kinds of things. You start thinking you need a bigger house, and you don't. You just need to sell a bunch of stuff and even make the kids scared about it. They're going to sell me, you know. <laughs> I think Dave Ramsey said that, so I've heard that from him. But, but, but I'm saying, for me, I know my family needs basic. My, my, this year, my wife needs me to communicate consistently with her and have good quality communication. And my boys, I know my daughter, my Susie, I'm still, there's a, some goals I have with her and with Charity, but particularly, it's like I need to stay consistent with my boys, be their coach all the time, their dad coach. So those, what about you? What does your family need? Does you, do you have parents that need something? I'm thinking of my parents too. Do you have a sister or brother that needs something? What does your wife need, guys? What does your husband need, ladies? Here's a couple things the Bible says. First Timothy 5.8, speaking of men, if any provide not for his own, especially they have his own house, he's denied the faith and worse than an infidel. Have to be a, I have to have a provider mindset as a man. They need things. I've got to find out what they need and provide it. Here's a, here's a oh, uh, oh I'll, well, I'm thinking of the providing, even like you guys remember, we, we got a couple guys coming that come, uh, uh, I'll just say Brother Nolan, some of you might know Brother Nolan uh, and his brothers, they've been coming and um, maybe a year and a half, a couple years now, and he, he's got some family back east and he makes it a point, in fact, both, I think a couple of the brothers, they make it a point, they're always, well, how's mom and dad doing, how's the, they got a big family. And uh, back east, and he's trying to make it a point to know how they're doing. They do things to help them. Sometimes they go back there. Sometimes they send a little funds. And, and I thought, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like, I like to hear that. I like to hear that. You know, these guys are um, thinking beyond their own single life. That's a good thing. What does your family need? Guys, we're told to provide for our own. First Timothy 5.4, it says of kids, of older, of, of, of grown children, that we need to requite our parents. That is, as you get older and you're able to kind of pay back your parent with some help, you should do it. Requite them. That means go back and help them. Um, 
What does my family need? Ladies, the Bible, and I'm just random verses, but they're in 1 Timothy 5. The Bible says of, of, of our, the mothers and the, house, the ladies of the house to guide the house. You know, men need a lady to guide the house, and most often it comes naturally. They kind of get in their mode and their systems and think, put things this way and that way. Keep doing that. Keep guiding the house. That's needed. Guide the house. What does your family need? Maybe I, I haven't mentioned maybe something that you, can, that, that you have in mind, but what do they need? But the point is, is whatever the answer to that is, that must be good to go after. That's a worthy goal. Maybe extra vacation, maybe random day off or, uh, that you'd go do something. I don't know. But the point is, is when you do something that your family needs, that's a high, that's a, that's a high value. It's not like, yeah, my truck needs a new, okay, whatever. What is about your relationships that are needed? What about, you know, I, I, I'm, your parents or relatives that, don't, that you don't live with? What do they need? How can you be a blessing to them? And uh, I think the Lord would be pleased in you pursuing that as you ponder the path of your feet. And then last question, okay? How can, when will I connect with the Lord? What does my family need? Number three, last question is what, how can I reach someone this year? How can I? You ask you that. You ask yourself, how can I reach someone this year? It's the Great Commission is for all of us. You shall be witnesses is for all of us. How can I reach someone? Think, think out outside the box of your normal thinking of that question. How can I reach someone this year? The Bible told, uh, I, give you, I can give you, some, give you some answers to that. You can reach someone by starting to pray for someone that you already know. Okay? And if you don't know anybody, go talk, start talking to somebody. You'll find somebody that's lost. And, and pray that God will lead you to people. Pray, okay, Romans 10.1, Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul prayed for, well, in that sense, it was a country, but I'm sure he was keen on individual other unsaved Jews. He prayed for the unsaved. How can I start reaching someone? If you pray, start praying for somebody. You gotta get to know their name. Talk to somebody. You know what Jesus did in John 4 7? Sat down at the well, the disciples were gone, get lunch, midday, and he just started talking to this lady that most people wouldn't talk to. He started talking to someone and it kind of moved the conversation along to where it gave a segue to give the gospel. She was saved, it was an amazing thing. Now it may not happen to us every time, but he started talking, just started chatting with her. And um, Acts 8:29, remember the Philip? Uh, in the wilderness, he, the, the angel of the Lord told him to go down to this way of Gaza, down by the kind of the desert area, and he's there. And he sees the, 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 the Ethiopian eunuch riding in the chariot, and the Holy Spirit said to him, go join yourself to this chariot. It's like, it's like saying, hey, go just go start chatting with this guy right here. A guy that's not his ethnicity, a guy that's probably not his native language, but a guy that was interested in his religion for, at some level. And, and so the point is, is how could Philip witness to somebody? He started talking. Started talking to somebody. Don't just start talking to your neighbor. It's just, let's, just, let's be willing to talk. And again, I know it's challenging because people are, can be in a hurry and things like that. But let's be willing to pause our, um, our busyness so we can talk to somebody so that eventually it earns, uh, it earns uh, some audience with them. That, that is, you ask them questions. Hey, how are you doing? Take interest in them. What are you up to? Hey, what's that thing you just got there? Hey, I like your car. You know, things like that. I've tried to do that before at gas stations, you know, because I'll see some guy with an old car. I'm like, hey, man, and I'll just 
say something about it or even out visiting and to just for the purpose of getting to know somebody, maybe talk to them about the Lord eventually. Um, all right, how can I reach someone this year? I know if I pray for somebody, that helps. I know that if I start talking, that helps. Another thing, I know if I just start serving somebody in some way that they need help, and that will help. You know, the Bible says of Jesus, I'm going to paraphrase Matthew 14, 14, where the Bible says that Jesus saw great multitudes of people, and He had compassion on them, and He healed them. Now, we can't heal anybody, but the point is Jesus did something. Well, this is how he could serve. It's natural. It just came natural to heal people. And he, he had compassion on them. He healed them. And it, in that case, it did earn audience with them. And they listened to the gospel. And there were more disciples besides the 12 because of things like that. But for us, it's like, I can't heal anybody. But man, I might could help somebody. I might could, you know, help a person on the side of the road or help my neighbor or help my coworker or do something extra for a person that's been visiting the church and to take a little extra interest in them. And I can reach someone this year. And we're, we're supposed to do that. I, let me read you. We, this was read a, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, Dylan had read a, a prayer letter for the, from the Babalolas. I want to read it again, part of it. It's such a blessing to me. Shea Babalola and his wife, he's actually from Nigeria. She's the daughter of, his wife's the daughter of missionaries, that, but they're na- national Nigerians, if, if I remember right. But he, Shea came here and trained at a local Bible college and has a little home church in Glendale. And then he went back to Nigeria, and he's got, I think it's two or three kids. Um, he's back there, and we support him. So listen to, this, listen to this prayer letter. The Lord added four new families to our fellowship these past weeks. This was a couple months ago. He said, among these new folks is a Muslim family that Shay met through God's divine arrangement on a Sunday afternoon, October 10th. Shay was on a motorcycle returning from an impromptu uh, meeting at church when he passed by a woman who was lying on the ground, weak and bleeding profusely. He found out that she was having a life-threatening medical emergency with a dead baby in her womb. The hospital that she went to would not help her due to a lack of funds. After arranging with the hospital to provide some assistance with an initial deposit, the woman was hurriedly taken to the, taken to the surgery room and the dead baby evacuated. She recovered and has been discharged. All the family, along with their aged parents, came to our Bible study on the next Wednesday. The husband trusted Christ. This is a Muslim family. The husband, and I see a picture of the guy right here. The husband trusted Christ and the parents were invited Shay to come and share the gospel message in their family home in their town. The saved man requested a Bible, requested for, for Yoruba Bible, which had been provided to him, and he has been reading his Bible and all of our Sunday and all of our Sunday school lesson notes. <laughs> Praise the Lord for his work in the life of this Muslim family. I got a picture of it right here. Isn't that neat? I mean, what does he do? What did he do? He's riding on his morning, so he's coming back from a church meeting, and this he helps this lady. It's bleeding. It's kind of like the Good Samaritan type thing. You know, we ought to do that whether you get a gospel witness or not, because it's right. But in this case, wow, open the door. Love says a lot, doesn't it? Even it speaks to Muslims who know and they don't know about that God they serve. It's very loving. 
But he cared for her and helped her with stabilize her, and this husband was moved by it and saved. What a great story. That's wonderful. How can I read some of You might not find somebody bleeding like that, but you might find somebody bleeding for some attention, you know, and need it in a little chat. And that might be a means to reach somebody. This last, um, for me, I know that how, how can I reach somebody? Mike Henry, praying, like I said, talking, serving people in an unusual way. For me, I, I try to keep, be keen on people who are visiting the church and call them, write them, keep doing some door-to-door even off times that the church isn't doing it, and communicating with my neighbors. Those are things that will help me reach someone this year. I was blessed. This, and we'll wrap this up tonight. Um, pondering the path of your feet. Ponder your path. Consider these questions as you go forward. I, I want to tell you about some, there's a, there's a guy, there's somebody, and um, it's actually, okay, well, there's a, there's a guy that I'd been praying for, and, um, and he's, um, maybe you'll get to meet him. He, he had his wife leave him, but not permanently. And um, and he was talking with me and counseling together. And his wife is uh, Spanish-speaking, primarily. He's Anglo guy. And um, she's actually from another country, but she's got status here. And um, I was trying to help him. And, and I was in a situation, it's kind of when I had COVID, too, as I was going into that. And I called Jose and Ruth. It was Jose. I said, Jose, this gentleman, I named him. I said, he needs, I think it would really be helpful if you talk to him. His wife is gone, and he's perplexed by it, and so on. And I think it would really be helpful if you could just, if you could, could you guys talk to him and um, give him a little, because again, it, you'd say it's a, uh, it's not even so much it's an interracial marriage, and I don't really care about race and marriage. It's more of like two cultures that are different that are married, and I think there was a little, that would have, the, the Revis helping from the, in the Hispanic view of what he's dealing with. So they did, they, they met with him, and, um, and uh, Ruth also, it was just he, this man, and then Ruth and Jose, and I told Jose, I said, look, I said, we're not like, you know, um, certified counselor things. Where I tell people this. I was like, I'm just a pastor. I know some Bible. I love people. And I'll try to, I'll listen to you. And then I said, you tell them the same thing. He's like, yeah, brother. Yes, amen. You know. And so he met with them and, and they talked and listened and sh- he shared his story and they tried to share some things and encourage them and listen and maybe give them a little perspective of what his wife might be going through. And then they prayed. They started praying and and while they are praying, as they are finishing up praying, she, he could not get a hold of her. I think it was about a month. As they're finishing praying, in that meeting, I think they're meeting in here, she, call, she either called or texted him, the man, and he just was in tears. And they are back. No, they're back together. And Jose and Ruth met with the couple again, encouraged them, and went out to dinner with them. And um, I talked to Jose today, 
And he's like, brother, when I first met, I thought, I don't have, he, 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 he's, he's like, I don't have anything. Like, when he was going, to, I felt like I don't have anything in my pocket, meaning like wisdom to give. So I said, God, give me something, you know, and he said, and God did, you know, and um, just a few words of some admonition, and, and it helped, and they, they've already come a couple times to Spanish ministry, and one of them needs to be saved. And so I thought, what a blessing, reaching out to them, being available. We can do that, even if you're not a pastor. We can do that. Ponder the path of thy feet. Ponder the path of thy feet. It'll make a difference on our year.